0: Hi, I'm Jen Gurecki, the CEO and co-founder of Coalition Snow. On any given day, you might find me on the back of a motorcycle in Africa, chipping away at the patriarchy, or playing in the mountains. I'm Jillian Raymond,
1: the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. I'm a high school teacher, and when I'm not in the classroom, you can find me on the mat, on the trail, or skiing 12 months a year around the world.
0: What we've learned over the years is that despite how good that epic powder day or trail ride is, there's still so much more to talk about. So what we're doing is taking those conversations that we start on the chairlift and the trail and we're delivering them to you in juicy bits every few weeks. As modern outdoor women,
1: we do more than get dirty outside. We are complex, adventurous and intellectual and so are you. So subscribe today. Check out our campaign on Patreon and get ready to blush, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little.
0: Juicy Bits is brought to you by Coalition Snow, a women's outdoor company making equipment and apparel designed to deconstruct the status quo.
1: FYI, friends, this podcast contains mature content and may not be appropriate for younger ears. You've been warned, and enjoy the show.
0: So I don't remember the last time I was so close to running out into the middle of the street and screaming at the top of my lungs. Did you feel covered with shame
1: and ill and just frankly scared because of Kavanaugh's appointment?
0: Yeah, that, that and so much more. Devastated, <sighs> depressed, uh, disillusioned. Like just fuck! I mean, fuck. I think even right now, sure. like if we started screaming at the top of our lungs in the recording studio... I mean, I was texting friends saying, if I get arrested or get sent to a mental institution Mm -hmm. because I'm that close to running outside, Mm -hmm. will someone please come get me? Mm -hmm. And I was dead serious. Dead serious. So I had a
1: brief moment of like this blind optimism and you actually brought me down like 50 notches when I saw you um you're welcome at OVI at the film because I was like come on don't you think like this fucking momentum and people taking over the senate building and just just energy and then I realized oh yeah that's like my bubble of what I'm looking at and kind of what I'm reaching out to for glimmers of hope that I don't live at a time where someone that could be so erratic and angry and Quite frankly, unpredictable and really unfit the for job, the position. Fail
0: the job interview. True. If He's... I ever went in to get a job mm-hmm. and I yelled like that mm-hmm. and used that language, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't get the job. And so, when you consider it to be a lifetime appointment to the nation's highest court, shouldn't we just expect the human being to do better? Um, shouldn't and we? If a
1: woman would have behaved like that, she probably. I mean, should I not even go there? I'm sorry, but she would no, they, I'm just, she would yeah. be needing to text her friends and make that phone call because she'd probably be imprisoned, um, carted out. I could see it like the bailiff. The bailiff stink. absolutely the absolutely stink. yet here this is you're not only celebrated by having the head of our nation mock. Those that Shameful. stood up against you, gross, absolutely gross. Um, but you are then rewarded in this very prestigious position. That's the other thing that fucking pisses me off about it is you think about, you know, we don't have law degrees. Jen and I don't have, we're not aiming to be on I the Supreme Court. I mean, this is no surprise Supreme Court. <laughs> In case you were wondering, we don't just like have those in our back pocket and we weren't, you know, I think you, you, you've shared this with me before in other situations. Like you might not really make it to that level because your skeletons are out in the open. There'd be things that they'd be like, sorry, Jen, you might
0: not be a fit right? I the Supreme made, Court, right? I have made decisions in my life that will preclude me from doing certain things. And we all make those decisions and we all have choices. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, you know, yes, I have many skeletons that are not in the closet. So I will probably never run for political office. I would never pass the test. So when you're an individual who makes certain decisions, like getting tanked all through high school, which by the way, is illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, when you're breaking the law as a teenager, recording your activities in a really weird-ass calendar mm-hmm. that you, for some reason, keep for decades, like, let's not even get into, the like, the absolute most bizarre thing that you would have. Like, how do you have a piece of paper from 50 years ago? Like, how do you have these calendars? And why do you record your infidelities on a calendar, but then you still think that, for some reason, You deserve the job. And to me, to be raised, to be raised that way, to that this that you believe that you come from a certain level of pedigree and that a certain level of privilege has been granted to you where you can behave in that manner and still make it to the Supreme Court speaks volumes about where we are at as a country. So
1: just a little history lesson here. So the divine right of kings um, actually existed where leaders of nations believed and projected onto their people that they had been granted the right to oversee their kingdoms by God. And that was found to Mm -hmm. be completely unjust because of the rule of law. And so since that was instated, what we find and as we've modeled our democracy, though imperfect as it is, we've modeled it after other civilizations that have looked at things such as the social contracts and rule of law and certain levels of philosophy that bring us to a place where you would have a Supreme Court, you'd have your due process, but what I think we witnessed in here was sort of this joke and this way that it was politicized to really skirt us away from the real issue of women coming out and speaking their truths of being assaulted and having traumatic Experiences in their lives at the hands of men, though, yeah, quote, here's my air quotes, they're big today, like not proven, right? But you're also dealing with women that are providing testimony that, quite frankly, you know, you put them together and you're like, okay, you have someone sharing what they remember based on the fact that this is literally imprinted in them because of what an experience, and I don't mean experience in a positive way, but what an experience they had to deal with, let alone someone that's behaving in a way that's quite irrational and aggressive. And again, failing of the job interview. like, how failed, are you able to in make India. logical conversation with someone who behaves in such a way and has literally ridden that wave of privilege
0: and pedigree and frankly been completely protected by it? Oh still, and and let's be really clear. sexual assault is not a bipartisan issue. This should not be political. Women's rights are human's rights. And this entire moment that's going to go down in history forever, for me, and I think for a lot of women, actually has nothing to do with politics. I mean, we understand how it is political. Mm -hmm. That's not the driving force of why we're up in arms. The reason why we've been so affected by this is that when we witnessed Dr. Ford testify, we saw ourselves in her. And for those moments, like we could feel the amount of courage and bravery to say what she said in front of a worldwide audience and know that she was actually putting her life on the line like she's at a point now where she's so unsafe she cannot return home because of death threats because she is a woman who accused a man in power yet man in power has zero consequences besides getting the job so whenever people say people being like our President and other men who have missed the memo, that it's a really scary time for men right now because of what the accusations could do to them. You can be accused of sexual assault and you can still be elected to the president of the United States and you can still get a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. So I don't want to hear it for a minute of what could happen to men if they're accused. I got no time. For that shit. And for anyone who's like wondering, like, what is it that women want? We want to be heard. We want to be understood. And we want to be believed. And a lot of that has to do with you, you, i.e., men. Like, you don't need to say anything. You just need to stand there and listen and nod. That's what we're looking for. We're not... We don't need you to solve our problems on this. We're not looking for you to give us an explanation. We don't even need you to console us. We just want to be acknowledged as legitimate and that our perspective and our experiences and the way in which we have to maneuver through this world every single day is valid.
1: And now further complicated by the fact that we have decisions that will be made based on this lifetime appointment that make our bodies and our lives Heavily politicized. So I know it's not like a driving force or part of the energy behind a lot of this momentum, but it's at the core because the repercussions are so significant. This is not going to change men's lives in such a way that it has the capacity to impact women's lives. And I think that's another piece. Yes, listen and nod. But there's another, and I don't think you, Jen, stop me here if you disagree or you might not change my mind, but I also think about it in, like, an empathetic way. Part of this in terms of men accusations and, like, oh, my God, they're in power. Now you've accused them, and yet most of them are still holding their positions of power. And then it's kind of like, oh, these poor guys. Yet we have women who are battling and reliving trauma that has, like, significantly impacted their lives, their abilities to trust, their ability to form safe relationships. And, again, even then maybe, like, getting over that because it's okay, you know, you— Overcome adversity, it's still re traumatizing to then not be believed or have it be in a situation where it'll hold you not, again, no, where someone doesn't see it from your perspective. And that's kind of where that empathy comes from. I can't say that every man can understand what it would be like to be a woman that faced sexual assault. Like, I don't, I know it happens to men. That's absolutely true. And that we're not, just yeah. putting that out there 100%. But in terms of that empathy on the part of we're trying to apologize for these poor men in power that we've, like, potentially ruined their reputations, and that's another part of this narrative that's being told that I think is completely distracting and completely devoid of any sort of integrity to have it come down to actually violence against women. It's the 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 runner, Molly Tibbetts, the case where, and I love her father wrote this exceptional, exceptional op-ed piece, but her leaving her home to go running... And not coming home was turned into an issue of illegal immigration, not an issue of violence against women. And so, we just, yeah, we we avoid we avoid. The and issue. the distractions pull it away from the real issue. And I, the thing that's really hard. There was a few pieces of this that really got me down a rabbit hole, and it related to some of the the audio and visual that had um, white women and women's voices actually supporting Kavanaugh and supporting Trump, and kind of and mocking her alongside. Um, the president in his rally. And there was this piece of me where I'm like, all right, are are these women that are dealing with their own internalized trauma? They're thinking that this is okay. This is how men should behave. This is what it means to be a man, right? To be in control, to be able to get away with whatever you want, to ride your privilege protection and, and, and have that sense of entitlement. And that makes me
0: feel so depressed
1: and sad. So depressed and sad.
0: Yeah, and let's, so for anyone who thinks that we do a lot of man bashing, for real, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, white women? What are you thinking mm-hmm. that you would actually support this individual? Um, And yeah, like, are you, are you trying to sit at the table with the old boys? Are you trying to act like them so that you can get what you want? Do you think that there's this really tiny pie and that you have this, like, sliver of it and that you need to get more? Like, what is it? That is the motivating factor behind your inability to recognize um, and speak to morality and truth. And
1: again, it makes me actually really sad and sick because I think it's been so normalized that it's almost lost on some of the white women that we're speaking to right now. And I w- I hope that you're listening and I hope that you're getting fired up and I hope that you contact us and you want to have a conversation and you can recognize that there is so much work that needs to be done and you're on the wrong fucking side you are
0: absolutely and there is you know it's it's interesting because I I definitely feel like I run into people who say that you know they don't want to talk about politics or that this is too difficult and quite honestly like now is the time to speak boldly about these issues mm-hmm. now is the time to take the risk and speak your truth and say what needs to be said because there's far too much that's on the line to remain silent and you know when i consider all of this with within the context of like what it means to be a white woman like we are facing some serious demons right now that for a while we haven't really had to address um but this is I mean, this is a defining moment in the history of the United States and we're not winning and it's not looking good for us and we absolutely have to take a stand and, and we need to be heard and I actually, you know, I have a therapist. We, I think we've discussed this before and I was actually speaking to my therapist the other day about, you know, what do you do when you find yourself in situations now where you know that you don't, this person can't be a part of your life anymore, right? So these, there are people who completely side with Kavanaugh completely side with Trump. And I've found myself having to make some decisions around like, can I have these people in my life or not? And then you go through those moments of feeling like, well, I'm overreacting, you know, I should be more open minded. And I asked my therapist, like, what is it that I can do so that I can enter into conversations and not be so reactionary? Because once again, for me, like obviously, the personal is political, right? And the, and there there is politics there, but to see to have these conversations around sexual assault and to see what's going on, it's incredibly triggering. And I would like to be able to enter into conversations with people and not be so so triggered. And her answer, I thought, was beautiful. You can't. Hmm. Why are you trying to do something that is impossible to do? Just acknowledge the fact that this is so severe and so significant and you can not engage in those conversations at all, but to think that you have to hold back your true feelings on it or somehow behave in a better. I mean, maybe if I wanted to be on the Supreme Court, I'd have to yell less. Mm. But since we've already established that I'm not going to try to be on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. I will fucking yell as much as I want. Mm-hmm. But just to be okay with it. And this is one of those crazy making moments, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I think that that's sort of part of a bigger plan to delegitimize the stories of women is to make us feel crazy so that we I mean, I think they call that gaslighting, right? <laughs> so But just to acknowledge, like, yes, this is triggering, this is serious, and we will feel this way, and we'll feel this way for as long as we want to until we see the change that is necessary so that we can exist in this world without having to be so scared. Um, By the way, you'd have uh,
1: my vote for the Supreme Court. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. But I do think you spoke to something that I've run into before of having that said to me, And me wanting to have, like, an interesting conversation and someone's like, I don't really want to talk politics. I don't want to get political. And I think that reflects a bit of apathy. And I think that's Mm. really dangerous right Mm -hmm. now. The other thing I think that's really scary about that is I think it comes from a place of fear. And I know we've we've said this to our listeners before, you know, Jen and I don't have all the answers. So even this, it's kind of like this is like completely cathartic for me to be able to be in this room with you right now mm-hmm. and talk about this because there are spaces where it's happened, happened, happened. And it's still we're still like healing and there's work to be done based on this appointment. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, closing out the episode. But I think it comes from a place of fear of maybe saying the wrong thing, not understanding why something happened and not feeling like you know enough. And then you start trying to educate yourself. And that can be a little bit of a rabbit hole. And then all of that can also get kind of managed and packaged up in what you like should be doing. Or you don't have time to be political, which is a lot different than not wanting to be because you're basically trying to survive. Or you're in a situation where you're like, well, I did that and look where it got me that I can't Advance in my career, or it's changed the dynamic at work, and those aren't excuses not to do, but I think they're really real, and a lot of women face them. Mm -hmm. And I think it can come down to even things, um, you know, this is really on my horizon right now, but it relates a lot to being a new mother and things like maternity leave and being able to um, breastfeed and pump, and things that I feel are so legitimately about a part of my experience. Re-entering back into the workforce, they're becoming political because I have to advocate for them and ask for them, and they also can be something that can be used against me, and. That's also kind of terrifying, depending on the industry that you're in. And there we are back again, having politics and ways that regulations are going to dictate women's bodies and women's behaviors.
0: Right. Well, and now we're seeing, you know, in in the UK, for example, they're, they're working on a law where sexual harassment would be treated as a hate crime. We know that in New York City, there's a mandatory sexual harassment training policy that's being implemented and... While legislation is good, it's also, you know, as you said earlier today, it's like greenwashing because what does legislation do if you don't actually have the societal norms to back it up? So I'm from New York originally, and I was doing a bit of
1: reading, and I saw this mandatory sexual harassment training from the state of New York, You know, mm. including the island of Manhattan, Long Island, and upstate New York. And you're thinking, again, legislation, people are taking action. This is really positive. No accountability and no money for it. So if we were small business owners in New York, we could be like, okay, we have to do this. There's my air quotes. They're really big today. It's like I have those foam <laughs> hands from a baseball game. <laughs> But nobody's following up and no one's providing the resources for it. So then I think what that also does is, yeah, you can put the policy out there, but if you're not putting any energy behind it, it's actually almost damaging because you're not showing that it's important and you're not putting what needs to be behind it to have it implemented in a way to create change. And again, I think I'm... I have to, like, teeter my line between, like, reformist and sort of fucking rip down and dismantle the entire system. Yeah. Well, because we're in it, right? I, I'd like to think there's a, there's a balance, and then these sort of things happen, and they slap you in the fucking face, and they piss you off, and they make me just want to be like, fuck everything.
0: Yeah, I'm not currently in a state where I feel like there's a peaceful resolution to this, right? Like, we're going to need to take to the streets, and we need to make some shit happen. And the peaceful resolution, I would suppose is to vote the fucking assholes out. And that's really something that we can do. And I'm sure everyone's been hearing about all the voter registration de- deadlines. Um, but we wanted to also be able to talk about some of the other things that you could do besides register to vote and actually go out to vote. We have this huge list on the Coalition Snow website. If you go check out the blog, um, and this list was actually propagated from Bust Magazine. Bust Magazine is an amazing feminist magazine that I've been subscribing to for, I want to say, close to 20 years. And they put this list together and it includes everything from you know, finding how your skills can help a female Democratic candidate in a swing district, um, to looking at where you can donate money to grassroots voter or organizations in swing districts, um, how you can host a house party, how you can help organize rallies and protests leading up to the election, how you can log miles on a road trip in the name of, of change, how you can contact a candidate's office directly. So there's actually so many things that we can do above and beyond, registering to vote and to vote and you really should check out this list. You can check it out on our website at coalitionsnow.com or you can buy the latest issue, the October November issue of Bust Magazine and see um and read the 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 full list. But you know, this is where like social movements become powerful when there's many different approaches taken. So voting is one. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of other work that we need to do. We need to organize. We need to rally. And we need to have our voices be heard. So just a last
1: tip. I think um, I know Coalition Snow is doing it. I feel like other companies ask for time off to go yeah. vote. It is, I think, I wish I had the numbers right now. I don't have them in front of me because I'm going to butcher them. But the um, if we had a, a critical mass of voters between like 18 and, and 29, there could be some tremendous changes. And this is going to go off. Tanda, just a little bit. But not only do we need to get the assholes out, but we need to get the climate deniers out because that's an issue that's
0: they're assholes. Yeah. Well, sorry. They're they're
1: in the assholes. But just looking at really issues for for human rights and women's rights are human rights. And one of the pieces of voting people out is getting people in that actually represent your values and move us even away from this bipartisan system that only has existed for so long because it's designed to do that by keeping us all so distracted that we forget that it's election day or we didn't register to vote or we don't know who the candidates are. So that's one way we can arm ourselves with information. And then we can go into the streets and fucking yell at the top of our lungs if it makes us feel better at the end of the day and then join those that are that are marching and rallying around the country.
0: And Jillian, I will totally come post your bail if I, I mean, if it's necessary. If you end up in jail or and I'll I'll come.
1: Yeah, I should probably you. memorize a couple of phone numbers because I think you get, like, <sighs> one phone call.
0: I don't have any phone numbers memorized. Yeah, so that
1: could just be a put little okay. ending PSAs. Have that's a couple memorized. And a lot of people, you know, they don't pick up the phone anymore. I don't know about you, but there's not oh, a lot yeah, of people. Oh, if
0: yeah, if they don't know the caller ID. So that's no. another thing. If you get a random call, maybe you need to pick it up because it might be one of us calling because we need you to come post our bail. Yeah. This is... And for it's those possible. women that were arrested and have been arrested
1: and are being arrested on behalf of this movement, we fucking applaud you and we stand with you because that sense of risk and courage is also phenomenal. We live in an area where I feel like we have some some space to do that without fear of maybe tear gas and batons and an arrest. But I don't know that um, all women around the country um, live in communities
0: that right, feel that's that's privilege. and that And that's also but, privilege to be like, I could go to jail and my life wouldn't be impacted significantly so yeah. i have to recognize that yeah i hope that the next time we record something that we're not as angry although sorry not sorry yes yeah, for same. my anger we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of juicy bits and thank you so much for joining us as we juice the patriarchy and as always we want to hear from you you can get in touch with us at juicy bits at coalition snow and also check us out on patreon we can't wait till the next time signing off love, love you, you. Cheers. Get to work, motherfuckers. With love, same, same, sorry,
1: not sorry, Jen and Jillian.
0: Bye.
1: Some of them think they freak this like we do, but no, they don't. Make your check come at the next disrespect us. No, they won't. What a neat try to touch this.